welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Monday of the fifth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. May your right hand, O Lord, we pray, encompass your family with perpetual help, so that, defended from all wickedness by the resurrection of your only begotten Son, we may make our way by means of your heavenly gifts. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Eventually, with the connivance of the authorities, a move was made by pagans as well as Jews to make a tax on the apostles and to stone them. When the apostles came to hear of this, they went off for safety to Lycaonia, where in the towns of Lystra and Derbe, and in the surrounding country, they preached the good news. A man sat there, who had never walked in his life, because his feet were crippled from birth. And as he listened to Paul preaching, he managed to catch his eye, seeing that the man had the faith to be cured. Paul said in a loud voice, Get to your feet, stand up. And the cripple jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the language of Lycaonia, These people are gods, and they have come down to us disguised as men. They addressed Barnabas as Zeus, and since Paul was the principal speaker, they called him Hermes. The priest of Zeus outside the gate, proposing that all people should offer sacrifice with them, brought garlanded oxen to the gates. When the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothes and rushed into the crowd, shouting, Friends, what do you think you are doing? We are only human beings like you. We have come with the good news to make you turn from these empty idols to the living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that these hold. In the past, he allowed each nation to go its own way. But even then, he did not leave you without evidence of himself in the good things he does for you. He sends you rain from heaven. He makes your crops grow when they should. He gives you food and makes you happy. Even this speech, however, was scarcely enough to stop the crowd offering them sacrifice. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name give the glory, for the sake of your love and your truth. Lest the heathen say, 
Where is their God? Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he wills. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to men. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. Alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and remind you of all I have said to you. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them will be one who loves me. And anybody who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I shall love him and show myself to him. Judas, this was not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what's all this about? Do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make our home with him. Those who do not love me do not keep my words. And my word is not my own, it is the word of the one who sent me. I have said these things to you while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're kicking on with the farewell discourse that Jesus gives his disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper. And we've heard so far that Jesus has said, trust in God still and trust in me, that he is the way, the truth and the life. And he's also declared that the Father and I are one. And he says to Philip, you must believe me that the Father and I are one. And so these first verses of the discourse of Jesus to his disciples focuses on faith, on belief, on trust. A feature of the disciples of Jesus is going to be faith, belief, trust in Jesus and in the Father who sent him. Now the focus turns from belief to love. We hear in the gospel today, anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them will be one who loves me and anybody who loves me will be loved by my father and I shall love him and show myself to him. That a disciple isn't one who simply has the right idea about God and who Jesus is, but that this belief, this faith, this trust finds its fulfillment in love. To love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. And when faith and love come together in the life of the disciple, we see the fruit that comes about. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we shall come to him and make our home with him. Now consider for a minute that Jesus is speaking to his disciples in the upper room and he's now making a promise of an even deeper intimacy 
You see, up until this point, Jesus has been living with his disciples. They've been driving. They've been traveling through Judea and through Galilee. They've walked step by step with Jesus over these months and years of his public ministry. They've eaten with him. They've slept with him. They've been by his side and attended to his every word. They've lived with him. But here is Jesus promising an even greater intimacy Because notice that what Christ is speaking about here is in the future tense, that we shall come to him and make our home with him. There is a condition of living with the Father and his Son in a way that is still more intimate and still more close than what the disciples had experienced even up until now. And this intimacy is wrapped up in the pouring out of this new advocate, the Holy Spirit. And here's the clue as to why we're reading these Gospels at this time. It's because the church is preparing us for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon the church at Pentecost. I must say, though, I think for the longest time I'd misunderstood these words of Jesus in the Gospel. They'd always sounded so conditional to me. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we shall come to him and make our home with him. It always sounded to me like Jesus was saying, well, God will love you back if you love him first. I'll love you if you keep my commandments. Needless to say, if that's the interpretation we've got from the text, we've got it pretty wrong. Everything that John presents from this moment forward shows us that Jesus loves us even before we've adequately loved him back that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what Jesus does from this moment forward. But Christ here points to the goal to which the disciples must tend, to have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit make their home in them, to live in this abiding relationship, this deep and loving intimacy with them. And what is it that makes that abiding possible? It's to live according to the two conditions of the disciple, to live in faith and live in love. To have this abiding relationship of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit in Christ means to believe, to trust and to allow that to well up into love. We all know that this is an essential feature of a happy household, to trust one another, to love one another. Well, Jesus here invites us to make our home in him so that he may dwell in us. This new intimacy which goes beyond even what the disciples had experienced up until this point. That with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son and Spirit may be in us in every aspect of our lives. This isn't to say, well, we can only be friends if you do what I tell you. But it is as much to say that if your heart is not permeated by love, how can the God of love dwell there? How can God find a place in our hearts if we are filled only with the love of ourselves? Later on, John will write in his first letter, My dear people, let us love one another since love comes from God. And everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Anyone who fails to love 
can never have known God because God is love. And so what Jesus presents in the gospel today is not a condition and it's not a threat. It's a promise that in order to live this life of the disciple, we must believe and trust God. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.